AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. What's up, everybody? I'm your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are the host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets and, and politics, politics meet. meet. We are deviating from our regularly scheduled program today uh, to have a very, very special edition of Street Politicians. In light of the trial for the murder of George Floyd, we thought it was important for us to bring other families and mothers and people who've lost loved ones at the hands of police and gun violence, you know, because we understand how traumatic this is. Just watching this case on TV, we wanted to bring forward some of the people that we've worked with, mothers that we respect, some of my heroes, you know, who've continued this movement, continue to grow stronger, continue to advocate for the rights and justice for their family members. We have the mother of Trayvon Martin. We have the mother of Breonna Taylor. We have the widow of Sean Bell, and we also have the mother of four-year-old Christopher Lloyd Morgan Jr. So we're here together for this special edition of Street Politicians. Um, it is beautiful to be with some of the mothers and a widow uh, that um, I have worked with and that my son has joined me in working with for many, many years, um, but it's also just a very, very deep and sad moment while we all sit and watch the trial happening for the murder of George Floyd. And we wanted to get together for this special conversation just to talk about what it feels like uh, for these women, these brave women, to watch this trial, to listen to what is happening um, so many similarities as I have sat in the courtroom um, with many of them and been a part of uh, the moments when they've had to hear uh, the account of the, the, the murder of their loved one. Um, and I understand 
how much pain this must be. And, you know, in this moment, we also have to think about um, how George Floyd in his last moments on earth was calling for his mother, um, was telling his daughter and family members that he loved them. I think it's important and it's also healing for our entire community to have an opportunity to talk to other individuals who have sat in these positions before and know what the pain must be like for George Floyd's family and for so many people who are around the nation, um, just around the world, watching and, and really sitting on the edges of our seats, hoping that this time we can get true justice um, for, uh, for, for not just George Floyd and his family, but for our communities. And so um, I just wanna start by introducing the women that you see on the screen, just so that you can identify them. I will uh, talk a little bit about their stories, just enough to, to make sure that you know um, who they are and, and who they represent. Um, and and I, I also am just very sensitive to the fact that this conversation, as well as the you know, need to talk about their loved ones is a trigger for a lot of people. And so let's put that out there right now that this is a trigger warning, um, that there are people who may not be able to sit for this type of conversation and that is okay. Let me start by introducing um, uh, Nicole Park Bell, who is the widow of Sean Bell in November of 2006. He, along with his three friends, or his two friends, Joe Guzman and Trent Benefield, um, had attended a bachelor party and they were hanging out and police um, uh, approached them without warning them, without telling them who they were, announcing themselves. And um, there was a hail of bullets that hit Sean four times and ultimately took his life. Also Cheyenne Norman, uh, Cheyenne Norman's son, Christopher Lloyd Morgan Jr. Um, was killed on a playground uh, where she took him during the summer of 2012 uh, for a Memorial basketball game. People uh, started shooting and her son was hit um, in the head actually, and he died. And I worked with Cheyenne um, during that time in 2012 to bury her baby son. It probably is one of the most traumatizing experiences that I've ever been through. Um, something that I, I will never, ever, ever forget. Um, we also have the mother of Breonna Taylor, Tamika Palmer. You all know that Tamika, all these women are my dear sisters and Tamika and I, uh, we share names and we spell them the same, which means that we spell it the right way. Um, and so uh, she's a, a, another a great sister and friend of ours. And we have uh, come together, unfortunately, because Brianna was killed after um, the police woke her up. She didn't know it was the police at the time. Um, and they went to her home um, with a no-knock warrant. Uh, showed up there, and there's so many details to what happened to Brianna that night. But the bottom line is that they showed up at her home after she had fallen asleep. Um, her boyfriend, who we uh, we call a hero, um, we love and respect him, Kenny Walker. He uh, shot fired a warning shot to try to protect his home, which is the actual law uh, that is allowed in Kentucky. Uh, he fired the one warning shot. Police. Uh, also returned fire and Breonna Taylor was hit six times 
in her home and in, in which uh, the story in terms of, and you all, many of you have been listening to it so much. We say it every single time we get a chance to tell you the story, but the most heart-wrenching part is that Tamika Palmer um, was unable to find her daughter basically all night long. The police were sending her back and forth to hospitals um, and she you know, experienced um, what I believe was one of the worst things that any mother could go through, not knowing whether or not her daughter was actually deceased and, and she was in fact um, dead inside the home. Uh, so that is um, our, our sister, uh, Tamika Palmer. Um, and then we have who I, I call the queen. Um, you know, she doesn't like the title, but she is the queen, probably one of the strongest and most fierce advocates for justice um, that I've ever met. A woman who uh, should by all means be fall all apart. I mean, there's no reason why she should be standing in the ways in which she is, um, but she's a leader. She's the boss of all of us. She keeps the mothers, the sisters, the family members of so many people together, even through her own pain. And that is Sabrina Fulton, the mother of Trayvon Martin. Now, you all know Trayvon's story. If you don't know Trayvon's story, you've been under a rock. Um, Trayvon was killed in 2012 by a man who we don't say his name. Um, Sabrina told me a while ago that she would never say his name and I have followed suit and I do not ever, ever speak of his name. Uh, but this man hunted uh, Trayvon and shot him, killed him. And he uh, unfortunately uh, has not faced any consequences for killing Trayvon. It's something to see Sabrina uh, stand up with so many families uh, and allow herself to be used as a force for organizing the women, the mothers um, to stand together when people join the unfortunate club that she is a part of. So that is our uh, group of, of beautiful women who we are being joined by today. And you know, we hardly ever let my son talk, but I think we'll let him say one word. Um, first of all, I just wanna say thank you to all of you women you know, for exhibiting the strength and power and leadership that you have. I remember going to Cheyenne's court case, you know, for the, the men, the young men who were accused of shooting her son, and, you know, and I, and, I, and I remember how emotional that was. And just watching her since that time just continue to grow, you know, continue to be strong. You know, I remember before I actually even met Nicole Bell, you know, seeing her case on TV and just thinking to myself, damn, this is crazy. You know, that could have been me, that could have been any, and just watching her grow into her activism and her leadership and seeing her speak out and seeing, you know, I just watch each one of you, you know, I remember before I met Sabrina, you know, but I always remembered her demeanor and her energy was just something that was admirable, you know, through that whole trial, her face, you know, she stood so strong every time I seen her and I and it gave me energy. It made me, cause I was angry. You know, I, I tell people this story all the time that I got into activism because of Trayvon's case. I was in Florida when they were reading, you know, the, um, the verdict during the trial. And I remember I cried like I was five years old, you know, and, I, and, and tears come my heart and I was shooting a film and I couldn't even shoot. You know, and I remember I wrote this piece called, what do I say to my son just based off of that whole trial. So, 
you know, then growing to know Sabrina and seeing that she was more than was advertised, that, you know, just seeing her on television didn't even do her the justice of how strong and how much of a leader she is. And Tamika Palmer, that's, this is my sister, man. You know, I text her, make sure she's all right every day. Sometimes, you know, she cries. Sometimes she's smiling with us. Sometimes she's going through it, but we always on the front lines fighting. And, and she's another one that's fearless, that regardless of what the naysayers say, regardless of what the government tries to do, she's still staying strong and she's advocating and she's still on the front line fighting. So, you know, I just want to say thank you to all of you for your strength, you know, showing me that what it is that we do is valuable and it is needed because of people like you. So I appreciate y'all. So are you all watching the trial? Anybody want to jump in? Started off watching it? <clears throat> I couldn't. I can't. I just, I can't. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I watched the opening statements. Um, and, and I watched, uh, I try to watch as much as possible, but it's not going that well for me. Mm -hmm. um, there are too many triggers there. It's too, it's too, you know, it's too raw, it's too real. And, and it's just, it's very hurtful just to see how one human being will do a mistreat another human being. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's very, very, very hard to watch. Um, and so I try to watch as much as possible because I want to know, I want to know what's going on. I want to know when they come out with a verdict, how did they get to this? I want to know, you know, we know what we see as, uh, the eyewitnesses know what they saw and we know what we saw from the video. And, and, and for us, it's an open and shut case. Like, would he still, will George still be walking around? Had he not had a knee on his neck? You know, just thinking about that alone, you know, it really makes you angry. It really, really makes your blood boil and say, then uh, George would still be alive. You know, had he not had a knee on his neck? I mean, that's no way to treat a human being. Mm. And if it had been a dog, he he would be already in in prison probably. Absolutely. He would. And I've watched um, the first couple of days, and just like Sabrina, you know, it, you want to stay informed because you feel so close to everything that's going on. It's almost like putting myself back in the courtroom again. You know, I remember being the first person having to having to testify at Sean at the trial for the police officers who who, who fired the 50 shots. And that's a real scary feeling. It's a, it's a terrifying feeling. It, it's a feeling having to, having to face those people. And I was a 22 year old girl, you know, um, seeing those witnesses and hearing so far the people who were there or who knew George brings me back to the thought that these people are really gonna need support, like they're gonna need help. There are times now, 14, my, young, my youngest daughter with Sean will be 15 this year. So this year we'll make 15 years. There are times when, you know, I will myself get caught in thoughts, you know, and I have to shift, you know, my, my focus. So watching this trial is very triggering. It's very triggering. And for some people, like Sabrina said, it's a slam dunk. But I can see already what's mm -hmm. the, what the setup is. I can see what the defense is doing because they did it to us. I can see exactly how every time they bring up another piece of evidence, how they're trying to tear it down or how they're trying to discredit the, the witnesses because they did it 
to us and they did it to every single witness that was on the trial and on the stand on behalf of Sean and Joe and Trent. So what they're doing is, is they're not slick. They're not tricking anybody. They're not fooling anybody. We see exactly what's happening and, and we're gonna pay close attention. For me, you know, obviously I'm on the road now but this conversation was really important for me to be here. I found myself the other day just outside even on my phone watching the trial because you almost get obsessed with it. You know, after all these years, it's been a lot of years, I've watched many families cases, including Sabrina and Trayvon, I've watched every single one of these play out. And from, from my point of view, it's like, when is this gonna end? And, and it's, it's absolutely necessary for everybody to stand up and fight because we don't have anybody else to go to. We don't have the support. We don't get the, 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 the mental health support, the services, we don't, witnesses and victims, family members, they don't get that. Cheyenne. Um, so I have been watching, but I will tell you just the same way with Nicole and Sabrina, it is, it is a hard watch. You know what I mean? Because huh, the grown men that's on the, that's on the stand crying because they felt like they couldn't do the things that they needed to do to help this man. You know what I mean? The pictures that they show it's it's tragic you know what i mean and like we did we not get up and start protesting in the middle of the pandemic because of this you know what i mean <sighs> i try to protect my energy as much as possible just based on the fact of things like that will make you angry you know what i mean and and bring you to a, a, a vibration that you don't necessarily wanna be in at that particular moment. So I try to protect my energy as much as possible, but I am tuned in and, and it's sad. Tamika, you didn't get an opportunity to have a trial. Is there something that you go through? I mean, you know, just looking at the fact that, well, at least there's a trial for George. And, and let me just say that I think we all can agree that without a George Floyd moment, unfortunately, without him being murdered, Breonna Taylor does not become the international name that she is in the time frame that it happened. That doesn't mean, I mean, we had already showed up and said we were gonna make it happen. So somehow or another, we would have got there. But knowing that she was killed on March 13th, and then it took all the way until late May, till May you know, 25th or right in that time after George Floyd was killed, before her name became internationally known. What are you going through trying to process this? Uh, you, you think uh, it's a year later, it'll be easier, but it's not. It's, uh, I think I'm in worse shape now than even when this thing began, um, just because there hasn't been any due process. There hasn't been any, you know, the system hasn't done anything right by her. So, um, which is why I said to even watch this thing with George, I feel like I, I haven't been in the courtroom for that, but I feel like I'm on trial watching his family go through this court thing and, and it's heartbreaking and it's, I mentally cannot do it. Mm. A lot, man, you know, I, I was, 
I was watching the trial. And, and like I said about Cheyenne, I remember being in the courtroom with Cheyenne and, you know, and it was, it was so emotional for me, right? Cause that was the first time I've been through a trial like that. You know, I went through my own trial, but it wasn't for that. And the young man exhibited a level of sympathy. You know, he looked back and, and, and when he was getting sentenced, you know, he said, he said he was sorry. And, and when I'm watching this trial, when I'm watching this man in the level of he, the, that he has no empathy, no sympathy, that he sits there straight face, like, like they're really trying to make it seem like he has absolutely nothing to do with this. And he just sits there. I think that bothers me more than anything. You know, the level, the fact that you can take somebody and every time they show that video, every time they show him, you know, they show the EMS coming, taking his pulse and he still has a knee on his neck. You know, they show people screaming, saying the man is dying and him just looking at them, you know, this, the level of intent there is so dramatic and it's so obvious, it, it's really triggering to me. Like how, how do y'all, when you, when you look at that video, when you constantly see that video, what, like what goes through your mind as you look at him? As a person, as a human. As a human being. Well, I, I'm gonna say that, as you know, um, you you have animals that are treated better than that. You know, and, 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 and it's apparent that we still live in a society where people still view people of color as being three-fifths human. Mm. And so, I, and, and that's the only explanation that I can see for somebody treating somebody in that manner. Like, to have somebody's knee on your neck is just downright disrespectful for number one. Um, from one man to another man or a man to a woman or whatever it's just disrespectful to treat a human being in that manner and then to continue that action and until the person is no longer moving no longer breathing is just it, it that's why it's bothering so many people down to your core it's like every time my heart beats my heart is thinking about when his heart stopped, when George Hart stopped. Mm. So, so as my heart continues to beat and I'm watching this, sometimes I have to push back because I'm, I'm reminded every time of how this ends. You know, we see a police officer that that is, I, I don't even know how to describe his, his demeanor, but to have his hand in his pocket the entire time um, and, and only pulled it out when, when when somebody was wanting to render aid to the person that to, to George and he pulled it out just to get his mace. I mean, it, it's unbelievable the, the position this country is in and, and how death is so nonchalant. How, how and, and, and I don't know if you could say murder or killing or whatever, to, to take a life is, is so nonchalant now. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And that wasn't gun violence that particular time. But we all know that we have a problem with gun violence in this country. But just to see a human being take a life. Now, we have all of these groups and organizations that say I'm fighting for children's rights and animal rights and women's rights and, and LGBTQ rights and all of these rights. Well, what about human rights? What, what about the basic human right that say if i do something wrong arrest me 
Mm. Why do I have to go? Why, why can't I just be arrested and not be killed? Mm. Right, exactly. I mean, that just, that's a whole, that's a whole set of conversation. My son said something that triggered a thought for me, Cheyenne, being in the courtroom with you when the young man was sentenced. Um, I remember how you would cry because you were saying, I don't even want to see another young black man going to jail and his life ending for taking the life of my child. And you were going through all of these dualities of feelings. And it's important that we have people here that are coming from different perspectives. All the, the, the women that you all see are from different perspectives. Sabrina Fulton's son was not killed um, by a police officer. Um, he was a toy cop in his mind, but he certainly was not a police officer and had no authority. In fact, he was told not to pursue Trayvon that night. So that's one. Um, and then, of course, we have the two police shooting issues. But we also, because there's this narrative out there that we as Black folks don't deal with the gun violence that happens within our own communities. We only care about police shootings. And that's a lie. That's not true because we've been part of and, and have led movements um, and you've been there, Cheyenne, even yes. after your son was, was killed, you've been there and been a part of movements to help end and curb gun violence. And we've done some amazing work in New York um, together along with Erica Ford and A.T. Mitchell and others um, and the, the crisis management system. But I wonder about that, the feeling of knowing another young black man's life has been halted, even though he's not deceased, but his life has been halted because he took um, um, Chris's life and he didn't even, uh, he didn't mean to take Chris's life, right? He just was just doing something stupid, trying to shoot another person and a baby was killed in the midst of it. It was, you're, you're, you're hitting all the nails on the head because I remember going through this, Tamika, the gentlemen were, 17 and 19 years old and I could it was like you're not that much older than my son you know what I mean and it was hard it was it was hard to sit there and have to feel the loss of my only son but sit back and see these two young black men go to jail for this it was um, to know that their lives were going to be stopped, that they were going to enter into a prison system where they have their own rules. And there's different things that go on in prison systems that we as people don't want to have to deal with at, as all, at all. And to know that these two young men were going to be having to do that, it was, I was definitely like, like split, split send them to jail, I don't care, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it was just like, damn, you know? Because I also knew, and it's a sad fact that had my son been any older or um, um, maybe 16 at the time, media might've not shown it as being him being an innocent man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because we're not, we're not seen as, as people, no matter what. So it was definitely, um, it was a hard, it was a hard pill to swallow. Um, 
I also didn't, you know, because everything was going on, it was, you know, families were feeling a certain type of way, my family, their family. Um, at the end of the day, you have to you have to think about what you're doing. You feel me? If we have to pay the consequences for what we do as people, may you be 17 or 12, why shouldn't other people have to um, you do um, have to go through their consequences as well, police officer or not? And I think that's what I hear Sabrina and everyone saying is that it's not about hatred, right? Although it's completely fine to say that you feel hatred in your heart when someone takes your child, but that's not what I hear from you all, I just hear accountability. That's what I hear every time I talk to you. I hear accountability. You want someone to pay for what happened to your child. And, but unfortunately- What they did, what they did to your child, not just what yeah. happened. You right. want the people who did something to your child to be held responsible for. Absolutely. And watching the trial that's happening because of the murder of George Floyd. What comes up for me is, is and I, I'm, I'm with you, Nicole, because I've been saying the last few days, I'm not feeling good about this because I sat with you and I watched how they began to shift that narrative in that courtroom in a direction that's like, what? Like, how could you come up with these things? And the next thing you know, the judge sat there and basically blamed it all on Sean, Trent and Joe. And said, and and that and that was the end of it. It was over, um, and no one was held accountable. So I can see it, but I think that the hatred that is building up in Black folks, the resentment that we are beginning to feel, is because these things keep happening over and over and over again, and we're not seeing justice. I'm not sure how people can sit through watching George Floyd die over and over. It's like he he's being lynched hundred times on TV right now in this during this trial. I don't know how we watch that. And then God forbid those officers are acquitted or that office was all of them in different ways, but this one in particular is acquitted. And then people are supposed to go back to being lovey-dovey. And I think that brings us to another part of this conversation, which is talking about the trauma. And this is something Sabrina reminds me of. I've called her over the last few weeks particularly as I've been dealing with some stuff, but just in general, we have had this conversation about trauma over and over. And she's constantly reminding me about what moms go through and how people don't know how to deal with, uh, with you all through your trauma. I've experienced you know, loss of, of, of you know, someone that I love very similar to Nicole and know what that pain is like but you always talk about this trauma and how people don't know what to do. And I still don't understand what you mean when you say, Sabrina, that people don't know how to deal with folks who have lost a loved one in these very public tragic ways. Can you explain that to us so I can understand for the 50th time that you're telling me? You know, I'm gonna explain it as best I can um, because you, you really can't, know exactly what I'm talking about unless you are here, unless you've been been in this position. You know, um, people lose family members on a daily basis. You always, every year, you're going to lose someone. You're going to lose a, 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 a grandparent, a parent, a cousin, an uncle, an aunt. You know, you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose these people but it's a different type of pain when you lose a child. 
It's a different type of hurt when you lose a child. It's, it's, it's a thousand more, 10,000 more times severe when it's a child, a person that you carried and, 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 and it's almost like your heart is walking around outside your body. It's, it's a different type of pain. It, it interrupts your life. It interrupts the, the, the flow of your life because we all know our parents are gonna are gonna die. And, and, and usually the, the flow of life is for children to bury their parents, not for parents to bury their children. So it's something unbalanced about that to start with. And then people like myself are constantly trying to explain to people how severe the pain is, but, but people are never going to get it unless you're in this position. So the only thing that other people can do is support us. Meaning I, I never got involved into a, a donating or campaigning or raising money for a foundation until Susan G. Coleman. I didn't have breast cancer. So I don't really know what those women went through, but I knew that I needed to do something to support their cause. And so I could never be in, in, in a group of survivors because I did not experience that. And we just have to understand that concept. But nevertheless, we need soldiers. We need people to line up with us. We need people to support us. We can't all do it ourselves. We are broken. And we're doing the best we can to keep things together and keep things moving because we have established a new normal. This is my new normal life. I, I, nine years ago, I had two boys. I, I was living a carefree, fun life. I had a full-time job, a nice house, a nice car, all of those things. And then my life was interrupted. So now I have to piece things back together. And we're constantly doing the best we can. But we need allies. We need people to help support us. Because I can tell you, and you know through the circle of mothers, that if I brought all the mothers in a room, all the mothers, just all the mothers, 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 mothers everywhere who lost a child, we're broken. Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe we can't lift each other up like somebody who has not lost a child. Somebody who has not lost a child, they can help lift us up. And that's what we need. We need that type of support. I agree completely with Sabrina. It's, that is because I was a part of your first circle of mothers, Sabrina. And I remember I still take things from that first, um, first group that you had where I stand on my story. I don't live in it because, and then I try not to, dwell on the last moments of my son because I have four years with him. You know what I mean? Because once the child is gone, sometimes the, the mind literally blacks out everything that you did, the raising, because all you know is that tragic loss. So everything can tell you, you can remember that day over and over, a hundred times over, everything you did. I remember everything I did from the time I woke up the day my son was gone. But I also had four years with him. I can't remember the day before. I might not remember six months before. Sometimes things get to me, but that that tragedy of him being gone is what con constantly replays. And But at the same time, like I said, Sabrina, I've taken standing on my story, don't live in it. Because when you live in it, 
That's it all you know. It consumes you and takes over you. Um, I remember when, when this first happened to me, um, I, I felt that I would never smile again. I felt that I, I would never be happy again. As a matter of fact, and I talk about it in Circle of Mothers, um, I, I wouldn't even take a shower and brush my teeth and comb my hair. I said, why? For what? My life is, is gone. Why should, why should I go anywhere? Why should I try to enjoy things? I can't. And then, but you have to allow yourself to grieve. You got to allow yourself to go through that whole process. And it hurts like hell, trust me. But you have to give yourself permission to grieve. You got to give yourself permission to say, this hurts. I am bothered by this. Mm. You know, and then you have to give yourself permission to move forward. Because every time we see kids or we see people, loved ones and they having a good time, we sit back and think, gosh, I wish Trayvon was here. I wish my son was here. We do. It is natural as a human. It's a, it's a human reaction. And, and I tell people all the time, my heart is forever broken. Mm -hmm. But I have to learn to live with this brokenness. It's broken. So because my heart is broken, that means that I'm going to make everybody around me broken. Right. Or I'm going to show them how I'm doing it. So I'm no superwoman. Mm. But I made a decision that I wanted to be happy again, that I wanted to move forward. Yes. Again. I made that decision. And a right. lot of people don't make that decision and they sit where they are. Mm. Well, I just want to tell you, you superwoman to me. I know you, you saying you ain't superwoman, but you definitely superwoman. You know, I just want to take time to say we appreciate you. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, 
It's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tamika Palmer, how you feeling right now? I know this is emotional, and, you know, I see it in your face, and I know you, so... You you strong most of the time, but sometimes you know you gotta get it out a little bit. How you feeling? I'm okay. It's just a it's just a lot. I'm okay, y'all. It's a lot, but she, she she gonna be around other people soon, real soon. That's right. And, um, it, it's, 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 it's gonna help her out a great deal. Is she gonna see another side of things? You know, because it's one thing when you feel like nobody understands, it's and 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 that you all alone. But it's another one to know you have other people that have experienced this, and now they moving. They're moving. They're moving. You know, and, and you can too. You can be happy again. You can smile again. You can have a joyful life again. You can. You might don't see it right now, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and the beautiful thing, if I could just add to that, if I could just add to that, the beautiful thing about this, Ms. Palmer, is I can remember being in where, uh, where all of you are right now. I can remember being in your position. I remember having, I remember having this conversation with Sabrina when she first lost Trayvon, just reminding her and reminding her family that this is what we went through, but one day again, you will smile. And although you don't lose a child, I didn't lose a child. My children lost a father, you know, as a young girl, I was traumatized by the full experience. And I always felt like maybe you know, no one would ever understand what I went through. So knowing that, I can say we all talk, we all have a lot to say. There's so many words and not many words are going to comfort you. But what you should be encouraged by is just seeing the progress that we've all made. We've all have started at ground zero where you are. And we are, we've all made progress. And the progress we made was because of some of the people you see sitting right here. We made this progress because we decided we weren't gonna sit down and be quiet about it. You know, even though 2006, there was no movements, there was no, it, there wasn't anything. There was, there was a few leaders out here that we could call on. And that's what we did. We, you know, we stood with every politician that we could, but I remember seeing it happening all over again with Ramali Graham, Mm-hmm. And, and meeting his mother Constance and, and then again you know with Miss Sabrina Fulton and Trayvon Martin and I remember writing that open letter sitting on my bed writing that open letter to Sabrina and just hoping that I could just shed a little bit of light and shed a little bit of, of sunlight on the darkness that is probably over the family right now and I remember being there so I just I only mention that just to say hold on hold on for all of us because we all remember not it hurt to smile it hurt to it hurt to breathe it sent it seemed like nothing else was ever gonna you know make us happy again and I don't know how you feel I don't know how Sabrina feels and no one knows how I feel but we know it's similar it's a raw feeling you know it's like someone just you know cut off a limb and now you got to figure out how to do it all over again 
without that limb, you know, and, 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 and just hang in there, you know, be encouraged where everyone's going to fight for you. You got a lot of strong people fighting for you. And although I haven't had a chance to meet you in person, I've always felt close to you just because of the nature of what happened. So I did want to share that with you personally. And I'm, I'm praying for your whole family. This right here is what it's about. Just seeing you guys comfort each other and stand with each other, understand each other's pain. You know, I think that's what we try to do, you know, and I think that's what our role is in this case. I mean, in these situations is to try to, like Sabrina said, they need somebody who can lift them up. They need people to fight with them when they can't fight to give them another type of energy. And I remember years ago when I was first invited to go to the circles of mothers and I was in a room with all of these mothers and I just, first there was this meeting and everybody was just meeting each other. Then there was this room where everybody just put their pain in and they let it out. You know, and everybody was crying and it was so emotional. And then there was times where everybody was enjoying each other. It was just so many different emotions. And I watched all of these women, mothers who had been victims and lost their children just just grow in that time. They felt they formed this unity. They formed, they left there with a different energy. You know, and, and it's like seeing that, that's why I say you trying to tell me you ain't superwoman. You definitely superwoman to be able to transform mothers that were broken. It was women that I watched walk in that room that were completely broken. They didn't know what they were gonna do. And then days afterward, they had a level of energy and a pep in their step, like they could continue on. And I watched a lot of those mothers grow into becoming their own leaders and, and going to their communities and becoming advocates and, and continuing the, the movement on. So, you know, I'm like, I'm amazed, man. I'm just, I'm blessed, you know, to be able to know y'all. That's why I keep saying that. I'm just blessed. Lucia Macbeth, Jordan Davis's mother, is one of the individuals that I watched in Circle of Mothers yep. completely broken. And the next thing you know, after she said she, she came to the Women's March, and, and, and I think that's the point that you're making, my son. You put these pieces together, Tamika Palmer, um, and that's what we did, right? Sabrina helped um, Lucia Macbeth through the grief process, and, and they became sister girls and worked together. And then we helped to keep the streets hot with the movement, and we had the Women's March of which all the moms that I've worked closely with came together to be there, to stand on that stage and speak in 2017 and to, to call their children's name. And the next thing you know, Lucia Macbeth said, I'm running for office. And she did. She ran for Congress and she is now Congresswoman Lucia Macbeth in Georgia. Sabrina Fulton ran for office just now. And, and I think, how many votes was it? Like 300 votes? 333. She lost by 333 votes. That is incredible. Right there, right there. Like if 334 of our um, knucklehead family members would have just got up that day and went to the polls, we would have won. But I'm not 100% sure that Sabrina is supposed to be an elected official. I think I think she thinks so. And you know, the jury is still out. I do not think so either. <laughs> The jury's still out on this, but it's it, the leadership skills and you bring a platform to your community is so important. But I, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready to give you to the government. I think you got something else. That's that right. It seems, it seems re restrictive. I mean, in hindsight, 
it seems restrictive, like I would have to just work through my own community. And, and it's hard to do because now that I'm speaking on a national level, it's hard to just work with just the community. Mm -hmm. um, I, I learned a lot of things. I learned about endorsements and that, that they are not always sincere um, mm -hmm. when people are endorsing you. And, and a lot of things is about money and people put profit over people. And, and it is some corruption and some things in politics, not all politicians, but just with anything else, there is some corruption. And I'm not absolutely sure I want to deal with that type and that level of government. I mean, I worked for the government for 24 years, you know, and so I, I, I didn't have a problem. Things happened, we handled it, we resolved it. But this politics thing, you know, we'll see how it goes. The yeah, jury is still out, just like you said. Because, you know, all of you have one thing in common. Y'all don't hold your tongues for anything at all. I can't imagine people trying to play politics with Sabrina Fulton. I can't imagine. Tamika Palmer is in Facebook jail right now. This is her second <laughs> time in Facebook jail in the last few weeks because she gets on the internet and tells people what's on her mind. And certainly Nicole, we know, and Cheyenne are the same. I, I just want to end on the note of uh, what we can do. Now, we just came out of Holy Week, um, which in itself is, is to watch the trial of this man who killed George Floyd during Holy Week has to be, there must be something there in terms of the scripture. We need a, we need a word from, from uh, Jamal Bryan or somebody to preach a word over how these two things intersect. Um, watching this lynching of a man and knowing that on, on uh, Good Friday, you know, the word from God, from Jesus was, it is finished. And it wasn't, it is finished in the sense that we see finished, right? We see finished as it's the end. But in fact, what was being stated at that moment is that uh, this part of my life has ended and now I'm going into a new journey, a new thing. And the new journey that I'm going into is one that God is going to grab me, take me, build me, and, and we will be anew. Um, and so there must be something there. And I wish I was a preacher to be able to take the text and put it together properly. But I know that because of all that we've been through and the history of Black people, not just in this country, but our history from the very beginning, that there must be something special about us that we have to keep going through all that we go through, but we can still show up being as beautiful and as amazing and as perfect. Because I believe that all of you in your own ways are perfect. And unfortunately, your children have been taken and George Floyd was taken because God is giving us a new life. And so we know he rises again um, in three days and we know the story. And I believe that each and every one of you and Tamika Palmer, you will, as I'm hearing from these mothers, rise again, for sure. Absolutely. We'll rise again. And we're going to be here until the end. You know, I tell you, it's a forever type of thing. So the, the last thing I wanted uh, us to do is to just talk about how we can help. Uh, if there are foundations that we can support, um, efforts that we can get involved in, and any last, final words that you all may have uh, in terms of what you would say to George Floyd's family, if you can wrap those things up in one button, 
then we can go. So we're going to start, let's start with Nicole. How can people help you and continue to uplift your children? Uh, people can help by just continuing to say his name um, really at this point. This is where we are. I've con you know, that's how I've continued to go on. It's just by never forgetting, never forgetting where or the reason why um, people know of who I am and just reminding them that um, it happened then and, and what we're going through now is not new. We need to learn from the lessons that the, our history has taught us. 15 years ago isn't that long. You know, um, every day when we see other families going through this, like unfortunately the trial for George Floyd, uh, the family members are, are sitting back and we're waiting. This, the family members are sitting back and, and not only are we waiting, we're, we're tapping into people like yourself. We're, we're reaching out to activists and just finding out what the next plan is because um, we know it's necessary. It, the, the group, as they say, has gotten, has continued to grow. And although the, as the mothers say, they don't want, we don't want anyone else to be a part of this, it has happened. And we gotta continue to fight, continue to say his name and um, just continue to stand up and never forget, um, we gotta support the families who are traumatized. We have to support the children who are a part of as well. And just never, ever forget what our goal is. And our goal is always justice. Let's say his name, Sean Bell. Sean Bell. Cheyenne. I feel um, the same way that Nicole feels. Remember Lloyd Christopher Morgan Jr. Remember the four-year-old that was killed in a tragic accident based on the fact that we couldn't get along as a people, you understand? And that there's always other ways to deal with your anger other than going into a park and shooting it up and then turning around and losing. Because I always said this, if they would have really thought about what they were doing that night, just really thought about it and thought, hey, I'm gonna go do this. What was your next thought behind it? You know what I mean? Like, what were you going to do behind the fact of going to shoot up a park? Did you think that that you were going to get away with it? Did you think that nobody wasn't going to tell on you? I don't I don't know what thoughts went through their minds, but definitely think about my son, say his name and mm -hmm. remember him and honor him by never allowing another child to do this again. To, to lose their life in the way that my son lost his life. No, no, no child. And I mean that no child deserves to be shot in the head at four years old. That's just, that's just not something that should be happening. I want to also thank Tamika and my son because during that time, huh, they came through like no other. And I mean, with every court date, Tamika planned my whole son's funeral. You understand me? Anytime I needed this woman during that time, and, and now, and even now, she's helping me and she's been helping me because I'm literally still, the last five months of my life has been a different cycle. I was living in the dark for a long time, even after my son's passing. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it, it's not 
what I projected to the world it to be. So I'm now the last five months of my life coming into my own. And Tamika has literally, I called her then, I called her two days ago. My son is, I remember my son coming to every, every child, every day for my trial, every day. And I appreciated him and his family. And I still do. And I want to thank you guys because there was a lot of people around during that time. There was a lot of people around. And you guys are the only ones that's still around. So thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here for you, man. You know, like we said, man, you, you, this, is a, this is our family. Each one of you is, is special to me, and whenever you need me, I'll be there. Sabrina. Um, to uh, George Floyd's family, um, I just want to say hang in there. Um, it, 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 it looks really, really dark right now because you are sitting in the courtroom and going through a really, really extremely um, dark time in your life. And um, I can't say, say right now if things are, are going to improve as, as far as the uh, trial is concerned, but, but you have to keep your head up. You have to be prayerful. You have to be hopeful. And, and, and that's what's going to uh, keep them, you know, uh, clinging on to one another. Um, and, and, and we just got to be hopeful that, that things, you know, people will see things for what they truly are and not what these laws say and not what this policy say and these things. A life was taken. And I want to remind people a life was taken and you can't bring it back. You can't bring that life back. Um, people can get jobs, another job. You know, they, they, they can get a, a, another car. A, you can't buy another life. And so we just got to be mindful of that, of, of how severe that was for him to have a knee on his neck. I, I just can't get that visual out of my head. Um, for Tamika Palmer, um, I'm going to be seeing you real soon. And, um, you know, you're going to be surrounded by love. You're going to be surrounded by support. Um, and, and just know that you are not alone. You are not in this thing alone. And, and, and once you leave there, it's not a, a miracle conference. It's not a miracle retreat, but it's certainly you're going to leave differently from the way you came. I can guarantee you that. Um, this was it, it's something biblical because it was a dream that I had. There was no circle of mothers when I was going through um, my tragedy in 2012. There was no circle of mothers. This came to me in a dream. So I know as God ordained this. And so women have to get something out of this if they come with the right attitude and the right mind. Like I'm going, I'm expecting something to happen for me. And that's why I'm here, you know, and, and you definitely going to get something out of it. My heart breaks for you and I love you. You know, and, and, and just keep your head up. Just keep pressing forward. It, you're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. You're going you're gonna to know that your daughter is in heaven. Your daughter is looking down at you. Your daughter is saying, that's my mama. Look how strong she is. Look, look how beautiful she is. You, you're going to enjoy 
um, hearing those things in your ear from your own daughter. Um, I don't know what, 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 what this whole country in general with, with so much going on and the way people of color are being treated, um, it's, it's, it's just something serious needs to happen. Something serious needs to happen to, to try to change the vibe that is going on right now. Um, Tamika, and I'm going to try to keep this, um, it's, it's, of course, it's going to be positive because when you're talking about one leader recognize another leader. So let me just say that a leader recognizes another leader. And so I, I've told you on some of the conversations that even myself, people will always try to bring you down. Everybody is not happy when you're a leader, but you got to press forward and you got to keep moving forward and you got can't worry about the naysayers. I couldn't listen to the people that tell me, told me that my son committed his own crime, that he, he was at fault for his own crime. My son did not have a gun. He was, he was unarmed. My son was 17 years old against a 28 year old adult with a loaded gun. My son ran from this person and he chased him, followed him, profiled him, and eventually killed him. So I have to still listen. Nine years later, the people telling me what Trayvon Martin did. It is any consultation, whether he smoked marijuana, got suspended from school, had gold teeth in his mouth, shot a birdie or whatever, you know, that, that's irrelevant to what happened that particular night. We always have to look at what happened that night. The other thing that I'm very dissatisfied with is the fact that they're bringing things out about George Floyd and his past, but you're not going to hear those things about the person, the police officer. You're not going to hear those things. And that's the, that's the bad part about it. So they're going to build George Floyd up as if he was a, a terrible person when people and everybody's family got people that have drug addictions and, and, and suffer from something. And, and, and they want to make it as if that's going to justify the reason why he was killed. Yeah. You cannot justify that by saying, okay, well, he got arrested uh, five years ago. He got arrested two years ago. He got arrested. You cannot justify what happened at the scene. We just got to stay focused on what happened at the scene. And if they're going to do a, 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 a drug and alcohol testing and a background ch check, on George Floyd, who was dead on the ground, just like my son, they need to do it with the person, the other person too, who who committed this crime. Yes, that's right, right, Sabrina. And you're right. I I am doing everything that I can to stay focused. You know, it it's not it's not easy because we all are human. Um, but I am trying to stay focused. And this conversation today is therapeutic for me because having you all who I know that I talk to and we love one another, you all have been there to support me in every step of the way. Uh, it means a lot. It really does. It means a lot to the movement family that we stay together, that we continue to love up on one another and to speak positivity over one another because it does get hard. Even though, again, I didn't lose my child, um, God 
you know, Lord, please, Jesus, I, I never want to ever experience anything of the sort. Losing his father is enough. And watching him go through what it looks like, Nicole, of not having his father and the conversations that we've had to have, that's enough. But I can't imagine losing a child. But it, it's hard even for us to get up and travel from state to state all day, all mm -hmm. night being with families, dealing with all that goes along with it, being attacked by people, being, you know, lied on and persecuted and just, and just, and, and, and just also the emotions that come into you because even though you fighting as hard as you can, I don't know about my son, but I know I go through tossing and turning that we're doing all we can, we fighting as hard as we can and still we don't get justice. And that's a heavy burden to have to live with as somebody who's considered to be a leader, that I'm, I, I have to sit with these families after the system has said that their child, their loved one, doesn't matter. That's very, it's very hard. And so staying focused, yes, we have to do that, but it is, it's, it's difficult in a number of ways. And I think, um, you know, just the love that you guys show me every day is what helps me to stay focused. And so thanks for that. Um, and then I want Tamika, you go, uh, oh, well, no, no, no. Uh, Sabrina, you didn't tell us how we can support the Trayvon Martin Foundation. Thank you. Um, let, let me just say too, my son, Lieutenant, my son, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for being the best support team. Thank you for coming to Miami the times that you did. You know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that Tamika has somebody on her team that's very strong and that's continuing to help lift her up because she gets weak too. Don't believe she's always strong. She gets weak too. So just continue to be there for her because strong people need strong people too. Don't forget that. Yeah. Um, so um, we do have a foundation. It's the Trayvon Martin Foundation. They can go to TrayvonMartinFoundation.org, see some of the things that we have. You can support by donating or buying some of the items. We have uh, hoodies, masks, books. Um, we have everything um, on the t-shirts, everything on the website, and that helps us to do the work, not only for the community, but on a national level as well. Make sure you do that. And and last but not, certainly not least, Ms. Tamika Palmer. Well, first of all, thank you um, for just the words of support even and, and just being there. So um, to George's family, I'm sorry that you um, had to watch George die on the internet. I'm sorry the world had to watch it. I'm even sorrier that you have to sit through a trial for somebody to decide that what happened to him was wrong. I don't understand it. I, I never will. You don't deserve it. But know that we'll all be here for you when it's over with, no matter what the outcome is. Um, we all know what happened to him was wrong and, and nobody deserves to have to sit there to even for somebody to decide that that was wrong. Um, just, I'm sorry, and, and I will always be here. I will always be a call, a flight, a walk away. Um, that's that's it for that. Um, Tamika, my son, I love you both so much. Um, of course, y'all, everybody knows y'all came into my life. Oh my God, uh, 
it was upside down. It still is, but you've been just who you said you were. Um, I've never known anything different. I don't understand how people are angry with you all or, or have anything bad to say about the people who, who I've watched put their own lives on hold, their own families. They're, you know, like, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't get what it is that, that, that you're not doing for them or what it is that they need. I mean, speak up, speak out. We are willing to help each other at this point. Um, I just wanna, I'm so eternally grateful to y'all, the whole Until Freedom team. Uh, it's, God, it's, it's still, you still here with me. I'm still going through it. So just thank you. Thank you for that and just, Continue to be who you are. Don't let nobody change that because of how they feeling today or who put what thought in their heads. I don't, for me, anytime, I tell people all the time, you had me up until then. You can't talk bad about people that, I don't know those people. I don't know who those people are that you are speaking about. So until, well, not until you know, I'm not gonna let you tell me nothing different. I got it, I know what I know and um, I'll fight to the end of the world for you. So, but, um, and just, I'm grateful for that. How can people support the Brianna Taylor Foundation? Definitely, uh, briannataylorfoundation.org. Um, yeah, just, yeah, we got a website. It's still up, we're still putting it up and adding stuff to it daily because of course it's still new and we're still trying to figure it out, but we got some things coming up to, um, just help some people at a community and, and pretty much because that's what Brianna was about helping people and, and uplifting people and building people up around her so it's definitely all about that um, that's pretty much it and just continue to say her name um, to continue to support and, and, and watch because the fight ain't over I can't I, I, I don't know how to let it go I can't let it go um, it wasn't enough and so Fight definitely ain't over, man. We, and like you said, man, we family, and there's nothing nobody can say to me about you. I'm gonna be standing by you. I'm willing to give my life to protect you. I'm willing to stand on the front lines to make sure that your daughter gets the justice. And I, like we said, we ain't going until she get justice. And we've been with each other ever since, you know. So just understand that the same way you love us, we love you the same. All of y'all, you know, I'm. It does get hard sometimes, you know. It gets hard when when you really do this from an authentic place and you fight from an authentic place and it seems like people want to attack you, but you understand that the devil is always busy. You know, the devil is always in the details, man. So understanding that this is to break your spirits. This is to make you feel like, why should we fight? We could just let it just go, but that's not, that's not how we built, you know, and that's not what God put us here for. He, he ain't going to allow us to stop. So as long as y'all, y'all want us, we're going to be there. We're going to fight with you. We're going to fight for you. And we, and we ain't going nowhere. Yes. We're, we're, not, we're not perfect, but we all in. That's right. We all in. We all we got, right? All of us together. Thank y'all so very much for this conversation. I didn't know what to expect, but I think the world, uh, when people get an opportunity to see it, will feel uh, what the, full, the Floyd family is going through, but not just what they're going through, what so many other families that never make it to a courtroom or they, their stories are not on TV, 
but they are dealing with the pain, the loss of a loved one. And there are a lot of folks who didn't lose someone, but they feel like their loved one died and is dying over and over again while they're watching this. And I think we're giving them an opportunity to process their own grief. Um, and we appreciate you all for sharing your stories with us because you don't have to do it. And I can only imagine that you guys were in the midst of your day, going about life, trying not to focus on the pain that you have experienced and continue to experience. And here we are having this conversation, which brings up all of the emotions again. So I just want to thank you for um, making yourselves vulnerable and available to have this conversation today. And we're going to make sure that George Floyd's family gets to see it. I mean, they were just with us um, March 13th in Louisville, Kentucky for Breonna Taylor's uh, one year anniversary, which sounds crazy to say that. Uh, and, and Sabrina, you've been with their family several times. So we're family with them as well. And I wanna make sure to mention Ahmaud Arbery's mother um, as well. Um, and, and to make sure that we show love for her family and what it is that she's been through because there was a terrible trio that took place last year of Ahmaud mm -hmm. Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor, and then George Floyd. And we can never ever forget uh, this uh, incredible, also very strong woman who actually has become, who she's actually become a legal observer for our protests. So she, here is a mom that lost her child that comes to our protests along with her attorney, Lee Merritt, and, and is the legal observer to watch us, to protect us. So you all are amazing. You're beautiful. Thank you so much. Please. Thank you one request. Yeah. I want us to end with a prayer because Sabrina, could you say a prayer for us? Oh, what? Well, I'm going to leave you with, with my, my favorite Bible verse is yeah. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's yeah. the best yeah. I can do. Give us a Bible verse. <laughs> and it says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So I say peace, love, and light until we come together again. Keep your mind, body, and, and soul strong. Thank you. Thank you, Sabrina. Bye. 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 AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That was really emotional. And just listening to these mothers who we've worked with, who we've known, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, we take for granted, you know, just know how strong they are. And, and we take that for granted because we've seen them so much and we've grown with them and just seeing them all together and hearing that trauma just resurfaced, you know, based off the trial for the murder of George Floyd. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it definitely is emotional. And I think as a woman, um, just watching them and knowing how much, how painful it must be to even have to talk about their challenges and how they feel and what they've been through. It's just a lot. I mean, it really is. Um, they're all very strong, but people say that about me, right? We're very strong, yet at times we're very, very fragile and weak. Um, and each one of them is dealing with deep emotion and it comes up in different ways and you could see it today, but I thought it was important for us to have that conversation, especially right now while this trial is happening, knowing that they're trying to process pain, right? And I wanted to ask, but I chose not to because you could tell that Tamika, particularly, and also Cheyenne, were really being um, overtaken by emotion. Um, but I wanted to ask them what the similarities are um, from when they were going through the trials that they went through. And because I see them, you know, but again, I didn't think it was appropriate at the time, um, but I see the similarities. We did talk about it a little bit with Nicole, um, but in each one of the cases, except Tamika, who didn't have the opportunity to actually um, go to trial um, and to watch a trial happen on behalf of Brianna, but it just in each one of those cases in the courtroom, you could tell how a black life is just not valued. That's just the reality. Like even, even in even in Cheyenne's situation where it was other black men involved in her child, other black boys really involved in her child being killed, still the level of it's just a disrespect that you feel in the courts. Um, and, 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 and it's also, you know, even though uh, her baby was so young, it's, all, it's almost like there was so much venom towards her for even taking him to the park, right? To a park, literally. So it's tough, but, you know, I think when the, the, the thing that makes it a little bit better is our vigilance like that we're going to continue to fight i think that's probably what helps to lift their spirits is that they know they haven't been left alone yeah that, and, and that's what it is for me you know like there's been this all this talking about activism and 
who's not doing this and you're not doing work and who is doing work and all this thing. And I say to myself, man, if, if we're not fighting, right? If, if we're not trying to fight, sure, we don't get the victories we want, you know, sure, you know, there's there's acquittal after acquittal and, and we and we and we and it, it bothers us, right? But do we stop fighting? Do we do we not do we not continue to seek equality and justice because it's not given to us right now? Do we just give up? You know, and I think that's what it is for me and knowing that the work that we do, you know, and, and, and what we try to provide that mothers like them that we work with appreciate it. Yeah. You know, when you listen to Sabrina and she said, we need people who haven't exactly had to, had lost their child to give us that energy. We need people right. to stand by us and fight with us. When you listen to Cheyenne saying, you know, how it was important, how she gets to call you and, you know, you give her therapy and you helping her continue to move, you know, how I know Sabrina, you know, just calls us out of the clear blue and whenever she needs us, we there and we making sure her voice uplifted and, 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 you know, also Tamika, who might call or text me and be like, I'm not feeling too good today, or might say the same thing to you. And they need to hear those voices. They need people that they trust and they know that's going to be there for them. So, you know, it just, it just reinvigorated my fight, yeah. my job. Because sometimes you get beat down, man. You get beat down by people who you, you, you have levels of respect for, people you, you that question what it is that you do. And you're like, damn, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm not really doing nothing. Maybe... Maybe it's something wrong, you know. Maybe I'm thinking I'm doing everything possible. I'm thinking I'm doing something righteous. I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm changing my 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 whole trajectory in my life to do something on the path that God set me. And then people make you question that. And then when you hear the people that you really deal with, and you see that how you positively affect them, then it just gives you a, a, a different level of energy. So I just like I, that's why I was just thankful. I'm thankful to them for giving me right to give me a voice to be able to speak to be able to fight for what's right man you know a lot of people don't find a purpose in life man win lose or draw live or die my purpose is to try to bring justice man and try to get equality yeah um really well it was a great show i guess if we're calling it a great show uh it was so emotional but um i think they they again they did get an opportunity to process a lot um, and hopefully it'll help somebody who's sitting back watching a person who wants to get involved, somebody who's like, wow, like, damn, you know, I didn't lose my child. So maybe I can get in there and be a part of this, this, this process to push for change. I saw someone say the other day, or someone told me, cause you know, I hardly ever go on Twitter in my life, but there's a bunch of Twitter bangers out there. They love Twitter. That's where they stay. And, um, and someone uh, said that they, they posted a picture of my book. This is what I was told. And that the comment was that, you know, all, all the people writing books, none of us have been involved in the resistance. And I was thinking, wow, like I asked, how old is this particular person? And they said that she may be in her twenties. And I'm thinking to herself, to myself, you have no idea the battle scars and the resistance that we've been in. Because if you listen to Nicole Bell talking about how there weren't any like major movements happening, we did that. We created a major movement, right? Working um, through NAN and, 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 and being out there on the front lines, we were the ones putting people on the streets by the thousands out there pushing for justice for Sean Bell, um, dealing with uh, being up really 
the, the experience at that time being so young, um, you know, I was of course a little fearful, but um, we were so, we were so emotional behind Sean Bell being killed and the story of the wedding day and all of that, that we jumped in head first and really, really took New York to task. Um, and, and it's been over and over. Sean Bell is one, the Jersey Four, that's another group of individuals, four young black men who were on the Jersey Turnpike um, and the police pulled guns on them. Uh, it, that was just another story that I remember being out there marching and organizing Amadou Diallo. That was like when I first, first got involved um, where, you know, he was uh, shot 41 times. And that's a, a story um, that we will never forget that I was involved with, with so many other people who fought for Amadou, Abner Louima. I mean, the names, it goes on and on and on of moments when we've had to create the movement. Um, and you know, it's, it's sad that people try to discredit others' work just because they weren't there. Um, you know, just because you were not there doesn't mean it didn't happen. So the resistance is strong. And I know as long as I have breath in my body, we're gonna continue to be in it and continue to push. So I guess we're done for today. Another and once again, I'm not gonna always be right. Tamika will not always be wrong, but we will guarantee you, guarantee you, knock on wood, that we will both always be authentic. That's right. Thank you so mm -hmm. much, everyone, for joining us. Peace. That's how we own it. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. 
Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.